Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you'd also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. Hey everybody, welcome to Freedom Church Easter Online. We're so thankful that you would join in with us. And I just want to ask you, if you would, to be sure to invite other people to watch with you. We are so grateful that this is the first Easter that worldwide people are going to be watching Easter via TV and internet. And if you're a part of Freedom Church family, hey, I want to ask you, be sure to fill out the connection card. And if you're brand new, thank you for joining in. It is amazing that you would take time out of your busy life to be able to be a part of this special Easter season. I want to just say to you, if you are brand new, be sure to comment below and let us know who you are and where you're from. Hey, one thing for sure I want to say is we want to be much in prayer for everybody that's going through the COVID-19 pandemic crisis. Uh, It's just uh, something that's hit our world and it's on everybody's mind. So today, uh, I want to say to you uh, that if you would, there's an outline on our app. I'd like for you to follow along. Uh, If you just go to the app at Freedom Church there, down in the right-hand corner, you'll see Sundays. And you click on that and you can get the message notes. Maybe you've never downloaded our app. Maybe you're brand new. All you got to do is you have a smart device is go to uh, the app store and type in Freedom Church TN and you'll see a green F there and you can download that and you can follow along with the notes as we share today. So today I'm starting a brand new message series called Hang On. And so my question is, when you think about hanging on to a rope, how many of you have ever been like me and that you have swung on one of these ropes before kind of deal? I remember when I was a kid, me and my my brother and my cousin, we would always go down to this particular river, and at that river, we would swing out into the water, you know, and we'd swing out there, and we'd drop off in the water, and it was a really cool thing, uh, but I remember one time, my cousin, uh, you know, he fell, you know, couldn't hang on kind of deal, and it dropped, and it hurt him. It's kind of like people like this. This is what they were doing, and they kind of really couldn't hang on. Wow, that hurts me watching that. So let me ask you this. How many of you are like me? You're just trying to hang on. I mean, right now. You think about it in our lives and where we're at. Maybe you're at the end of your rope with this coronavirus deal. Maybe you're trying to hang on to your job and you were doing the best you could do, working the hours you got, but now you've been laid off. Or maybe it's a situation where that you know that if you don't get help in your business, despite any government help, 
or anything like that, your business is going to close its doors and you've sunk everything you've got into it. It was your life's dream. Maybe your family, you're dealing with health issues right now and you're beginning to wonder, is it COVID-19? Maybe it's just your sanity because you're, you're in the house and maybe you're lonely and you're burnt with that and, and it's just getting really sickening to you. Maybe you're getting a cough and you're thinking, oh no, am I next? Or maybe you've already lost a loved one and it just seems like, man, life is throwing everything at you and it's just all you can do to hang on. See, Jesus came to help us. And that's why Easter came about. That's why that he came to the world. But some of people think, well, if Jesus came to help us, then why is there so much chaos in this world? Even what we'd call maybe corona chaos. See, chaos is where that all this stuff is happening and it's causing this fear. It's causing this hysteria. It's causing people's marriages to where that they're kind of at each other's throats because the finances aren't there. Or maybe it's because the kids are home all of the time and you're not used to them being there and it's kind of getting you overwhelmed. Or maybe you're looking at the chaos of the economy. Maybe you're looking at the chaos of our community. Maybe you're looking at the chaos that everybody is off the streets and everybody's trying to do their best to stay at home, but they're going crazy with this thing. There's even chaos in Congress. There's chaos going on all over the world. And I literally believe a lot of people are just at the end of their rope. See, here's what I want to tell you something that's very, very important. Jesus burst out of the grave on Resurrection Sunday over 2,000 years ago, and he proved that he was the Son of God. And here's what I'll tell you. No matter if you're at the end of your rope, the very power that brought Jesus out of the tomb is the same power that Jesus Christ can give me and you, even when we're just simply trying to hang on in this life. See, despite the coronavirus, did you know that you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope? Look what the Bible says here in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3 in the message. It says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Some of you thinking, Pastor, I don't feel like I am blessed. You are. See, your success with God depends on you hanging on when other people are letting go. See, the chaos, when you think about what chaos is, it is a condition, it is a place, or it is a situation that causes great disorder. It causes great confusion. And that's kind of where we're at with this corona chaos. That's kind of where we're living at at the moment. And all of us, the thing about it is, it's the first time in my life, it's the first time that I can ever remember that everybody on the globe is dealing with the same problem. But the question is, are you looking for the right guidance? Are you looking for the right help in your life during these times? See, we're not the first ones, though, that I'll tell you that's kind of been at the end of our rope. We're not the first ones that's dealt with chaos in our lives. We're not the first ones that's lived in fear. We're not the first ones that thought that we might be the ones to die. 
See, when we take a look at, from the perspective of chaos and the cross of Christ, and when you think about the cross of Christ, it's a symbol all over the world. But here, Jesus comes into the world. He comes down the stairway of heaven. He puts on skin. He's born of a virgin. And then he walks in this life to the age of 30. He starts a ministry. And then he's coaching these guys, these disciples. And as he is spending this time with these disciples, the, these disciples know that he is of God and that he came from God. But he tells them, I've came from God and I'm going back to God. And they believe he is of God. But then he tells them something. He tells them in John's Gospel chapter 16, verse 33 in the Passion Translation, it says, And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience troubles and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. See, Jesus is saying, despite of the chaos, despite of the confusion, despite of the disorder, despite the stress, the struggles and the strains, despite COVID-19, no matter what it is, whatever you're going to face, Jesus is saying, I'm going to be there for you because that same peace that he offered is offered to the disciples. It's offered to you and to me. You know, after he spent a lot of time with the disciples, it was on a Thursday night that they prepared the Passover time together and they went to be together. And then even one of his own that he'd spent three years with decided to stab him in the back and sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. That's what Jesus, Judas did. And and after this happened and he went out to do, Judas was going to go out to do his deed because Jesus had said, one of you are going to betray me. The rest of the disciples thought that Jesus was going out to pay for the meal or something, but he was the one that took care of their money. He was the treasurer, and he often, the Bible tells us that he took some for himself. But as he goes out, the rest of them leave that moment there together as they're having communion. And they go down to Kidron Valley up on the slopes of Mount of Olives, and eight of the disciples stays out there. Peter, James, and John goes on with him to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus goes in there, and he begins to feel like he's at the end of his rope. And he begins to pray to the Heavenly Father. You know, it's not my will, Father. It's to be done. It's your will. And that's when he realized as being God in the flesh and being human, that he gave his will over to his heavenly father. And he hung on. And he hung on to the point that he hung on a cross. See, he went from there being condemned to death. They came and got him, a mob did, and out of the garden he goes through six different trials all night long, and then he's hanging on a cross for me and you. See, chaos causes pain. See, the disciples were looking at Jesus as their hope. They were looking at Jesus as the Messiah that would bring hope. And, and they thought, well, he's God. But then maybe not. They were hurting. They were in pain because he had been condemned to death. And 
you wonder if there, maybe that's you. You're, you're wondering if there is a God or is there not a God? If there is a God, why is he allowing such all this pain to go on with this COVID-19. Why is he allowing me to suffer in my life? Why is he allowing my health to suffer? Why is he allowing my finances to suffer? Why is my home suffering? Why is my business suffering? Why is my family suffering? Why is my kids hurting? Jesus is hanging on the cross. And then he says, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. And then he dies. Their leader's gone. The disciples' leader is gone. And there's a lot of chaos that begins after Jesus breathes his last breath. And then they take Jesus down and they put him into a borrowed tomb. But hang on. <laughs> hang on. Sunday's coming. So there's chaos that causes pain, but there's also Chaos that creates doubt and fear. See, the corona chaos has got everybody being really, really scared. Have you noticed that? There's people going out here and acting crazy. They're going out here and hoarding toilet paper. They're hoarding sanitizer. They're going out here and they're trying to buy up every mask and every set of plastic gloves. They're wearing gloves and they're wearing uh, the mask. Everywhere you go, you see people because people are in doubt and people are in fear. I mean, even I'm, I'm, I'm in have my own doubts, my own fear. I, I walk around with a bottle of sanitizer in my pocket, and every time I get out somewhere, I get back in my vehicle, and I put it on, and I'm doing this right here, and all over me, and doing my steering wheel, and things like that. And, and I think that's all of us. Whether you're a Christ follower or not, we all deal with doubt and fear. But here is where that when you hang on, Sunday's coming. Check this out. In Luke's gospel, chapter 24, beginning with verse 1, it says, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now, was the stone rolled away so that Jesus could get out? No, no, no. The stone was rolled away so the women could get into the tomb, see? It says, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. So the angels are asking these questions, and he goes on to tell the angels, says, don't you remember that Jesus told you that he was going to be betrayed by sinners and they're going to be cast over? And, and he began, the angels begin to tell the women that. So what do the women do? They begin to rush back to tell the disciples what had happened. And the disciples said, oh, that sounds like nonsense. You're women are crazy. You're, that can't be true for what's happening. They didn't believe the women. However, Peter, he had just got done betraying Jesus three times. And no doubt in his heart, he felt like there's something about this that's real. So what does he do? He jumps up and he runs to the tomb and he saw an empty grave. He saw empty gray clothes there. And Here's what I want you to understand about Jesus' objective. See, after coaching his team of 12 for three years, 
He wanted them to be able to conquer the effects of doubt and fear. He wants me and you to be able to, through him, conquer the effects of doubt and fear. See, Jesus doesn't save you and me just to cope. Jesus saves you and me in order to be able to conquer in this life. We're to be more than conquerors. So, how does fear hit us so hard? How does doubts dominate our minds? How does that affect us? It affects us financially. It affects us physically. It affects our health and related fears with that. It affects us when we're living alone. It affects us whenever we're depressed. It affects us when we have this fear, maybe I'm going to die. You know why it affects us when we're thinking we're going to be the one that may die? Because maybe you're not ready to die. Because you have in the back of your mind facing a God, not being ready to face him. See, fear is real. However, fear doesn't stop death, but fear surely will stop life. See, on that same day when they had noticed the tomb was empty, there were two Jesus followers walking on their way on the road to Emmaus. So they're talking about what had happened and everything had happened and Jesus had died. And, and, and so all of a sudden, Jesus comes up to them and begins walking with them suddenly. But God kept them from knowing that it was Jesus. And they began conversing and Jesus asked them, what are you all talking about so intently? And they began to share with Jesus about what happened to Jesus. And as they did, not knowing that it was Jesus, Jesus then says, you guys must be really, really foolish because the Scriptures explains what happened. So he began to expound to them what the Scripture said. These two followers were really heartbroken because they felt like that Jesus was going to be the hope for Israel because of all the miracles that he had performed so as Jesus expounded on the writings of Moses and who the Messiah would be and explaining Jesus about himself, they get close to Emmaus. And then Jesus acted like he was going to go on. So the two followers there of, of him that they didn't know it was him invited him, Jesus, to their house. And as they sat down to eat, Jesus blessed the bread as they broke it. Then all of a sudden, their eyes were opened, and they recognized it was him, and poof, he disappeared. The Scripture tells us that their hearts, he said, didn't our hearts burn with this passion, this fire, as he walked with us and he explained the Scriptures to us? Well, in that same hour, these two followers went back to Jerusalem to find the 11 disciples and tell them, Jesus has risen. Wow. <laughs> That's where that we pick up in, in Luke's gospel in chapter 24 and verse 36. It says, and just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. <laughs> I love this. Peace be with you. He said, but the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. 
Why are you frightened? He said. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies. As you see that I do, as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Jesus is saying, I have bled, I have died, I have came back to life. I was in a borrowed tomb. I died for your sins. I rose on the third day. Do not live in fear. Do not have these doubts. Embrace the peace that I'm bringing you. Is Jesus saying to you and to me as he's told these ones behind locked doors? Is he saying not to have doubt and not to have fear. I believe we're all going to have doubts and fears, but it's who we give our doubts and fears to for it to turn into peace and purpose. It's what makes all the difference. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with our creator. So in this moment when Jesus shows up here behind these doors and he appears suddenly, Thomas the disciple was not with them at this moment. And as you look in John's gospel and his account in chapter 20, and you look at verse 24 and 25, here is Thomas. He's listening to them talking about the Lord is risen. And I think the dialogue could have been something like this. Thomas is pacing back and forth, and he's listening to all of what they say. And I think he could almost have a meltdown because of his own doubts, his own fear, and his own pain. And he begins to say, won't you just stop it? Stop it. There's no way. Jesus can be living. There's no way Jesus can be alive. I know that when I see someone, they die on a Roman cross. They are dead. Stop it. Then Jesus does the Aladdin thing. Eight days later, it says in John's Gospel, chapter 20, beginning with verse 26, eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. Look at my hands and put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. See, the same words that Jesus said to Thomas to do was the same words that Thomas previously said to the disciples that he wouldn't believe unless he could put his, see the snail scarred hands and see the wounds in his feet and see the scar on his side. Could you imagine how the countenance of Thomas's face changes? See, Jesus didn't look at him like we do sometimes when we've been stabbed in the back or we've been hurt by somebody in a friendship or in a marriage or in a business relationship. Jesus didn't look at him as he has been stabbed in the back, Jesus has, and look at him and say, listen, get out of my face, Thomas. You make me sick, Thomas. No, no, no. Jesus was not hard on Thomas for his doubts. You know what these words reveal that we read here? It reveals the true character of Jesus. It reveals hope. It reveals forgiveness. And it reveals true unconditional love. 
Because you and I, let's be honest, we love on condition, don't we? We love on others if the conditions are right. But if they're not right, then we can end up going the other way. So in verse 26, suddenly here when we see this, and what happens through verse 29 changes everything. See, when it comes to doubts, some people need to doubt before they can believe. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, if doubt leads to questions and questions lead to answers, and if the answers are accepted, then the doubt has done a good work. And a good work was done in the heart and life of Thomas. Because Jesus is saying, do you doubt? Then touch me. And why would we want to touch Jesus? If we could reach out to a God and touch him, Jesus wants to bless us now and for all of eternity. Because look what happens in Thomas's life in verse 28. He says, my Lord and my God. Thomas exclaimed. Thomas realized that Jesus was the risen Savior. I believe in you, Jesus. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Just think about it. You are actually blessed again when you believe without seeing Jesus as Thomas did. See, here's what happens, I believe, with chaos. When we're at the end of a rope and we just seem like we can't hold on any longer. Chaos, like happened here in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, they found themselves behind locked doors in quarantine thinking they were going to die. Today, we find people behind their doors locked, dropping off food on porches and thinking we may be the next one to die. But here's what happens with chaos. Chaos creates opportunity for eternal blessings from the risen Savior. That's what it does. You say, why is that? Because through this, he proved his love for you and for me, when we feel like we're at the end of our rope and you say, well, why does God love me? He loves you because he wants a relationship with you. Why? You might think, why does God want a relationship with me? Because he created you for that relationship. He created you to love you, to be with you now and forever. See, this life, it's just the millimeter on this side of heaven as is the distance around the globe of 25,000 miles. That's how short this life is. The psalmist got it right when he said this in chapter 27 in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Why should I tremble? We get so caught up in the here and the now. At the end of our rope, we can't get beyond what's taking place 
in the mental capacity of which we have minds to think and adhere to this life. It's hard for us to get beyond the chaos that causes pain. It's hard for us to get beyond the chaos that creates doubt and fear. But here, when you think about what we're being left with, that's what makes the difference. He doesn't leave us hanging. God doesn't. But he leaves us a gift. A gift. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift. He didn't say, I am leaving you hanging. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The world can't give a gift like that. No amount of possessions, no amount of power, no amount of being able to have some kind of power or trip that you've got and possessions and all that prestige. That's not going to do it. He's not going to leave you hanging. He's going to leave you a gift, but the gift to embrace and have is up to you and to me. See, having peace won't always erase chaos, but through Christ, it has the opportunity to do so. Despite what we're facing, it gives us courage. So how do we really conquer the chaos that we're living in right now? How do we really rise above that? I think a lot of times we get in the way. We get in the way. Because there's this struggle between the flesh and the Spirit of God. Paul told the Romans in chapter 8 and verse 6, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. You know, people, they're just, they're in their minds and your sinful nature, it just means you're missing the mark and you're trying to think your way through this uh, corona chaos. You're trying to think your way through of things and you're getting very stressed out. Your health is beginning to deteriorate. You're beginning to think you're next and I don't have a job and my kids are driving me crazy and I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't go here. can't go there. can't go out to eat. can't go do this. We begin to let all this stuff run through our minds. That's where we miss the mark. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. See, it's not always life's difficulties or the devil or even the virus that causes chaos. Sometimes the chaos in our lives is caused by our own sin. See, that sin may be revealed and dealt with before the chaos can be dispelled with the presence and the peace through Jesus. It has to be dealt with so that despite what we're going through in the chaos, through relationship with Christ, we can have peace and we can have purpose. And no matter how bad the situation is or how chaotic it is, if you will bring it to Jesus, he can have the opportunity by your free will coming to him to be able to manifest his resurrection power to bring order out of chaos, even in our very See, the reason we celebrate Easter is because it didn't end on the cross. See, Jesus is 
not on the cross, nor is Jesus in the grave. See, Jesus, after he resurrected, he spent about 40 more days walking on the earth. And the scripture tells us that he was seen of over 500 people. And then he makes his way to the Mount of Olives. And then the Spirit takes him back to heaven. And he is now in heaven at the right hand of God the Father, watching out for all of those who have given their hearts and their lives to him and been born again. Jesus stands for all of his followers. He stands for them and to be, that have made him Lord of their life, even in the middle of chaos. No matter what's happening, when we give our lives to him and he takes care, he's taking care of our sin debt, he paid for that sin debt. Anytime that something comes, he's going to stand up for us and say, not guilty, not guilty. They're mine. No matter what comes against us. See, because of the cross, there's always hope in the middle of chaos. And maybe you're here and you're in this life and you're thinking, man, I'm at the end of my rope. And wow, I, I, I just, I just, I don't think I can hold on any longer. You're thinking about giving up. You're thinking about letting go. You're hurting. You're broken. You're depressed. You're tired. Maybe you find yourself like Jesus' disciples were. When they watched, no doubt, from a distance, Jesus dying for them. Maybe that's where you're at. They watched the one that they thought was going to be the hope of Israel be crucified. Maybe that's you. Maybe you think that you're at the end of your rope and your business has been crucified. You don't know how you're going to make it or... Your finances is crucified because you had the best job you ever had and you lost it. Maybe your marriage, you feel like it's crucified because you've never been at each other's throats more than you've been at each other's throats now. Maybe it's your health that feels like it's crucified. Maybe it's your hopes and dreams. You just feel like they're dead. Maybe you just feel like, man, because of this COVID-19, my future is crucified. See, when Jesus died, they felt then, those disciples did, three days of absolute hopelessness. Three days of pain. Three days of doubt. Three days of fear behind locked doors. A period that felt like probably years to them. But then... When the women went to the tomb and they come running back, Peter went running to the tomb. And then when he gets there, the tomb is empty so that their lives could be full, so that our lives could be full. Then no matter what panic we're going through, peace can invade our hearts and our minds. And you know what? You may be right there right now in your living room or on your phone or sitting on the porch or somewhere else, and you're living your life in this moment between the crucifixion and the resurrection. And you know what? That's where 
most people quit and they let go. Understand there's an opportunity right in front of you and for all of humanity to be able to resurrect those things that you think that are crucified for good. Because here's what I'm going to tell you. Jesus is bigger than any chaos that may be currently crippling your life. See, if you've never experienced true heartfelt forgiveness because of what happened on Easter Sunday, then today is your day. I want to challenge you. If you're a Christian and you've tried to kind of do life on your own and you find yourself at the end of your rope, today's your day to come running back home to Jesus. If you have never given your sins to Jesus and asked him to come into your heart, to have Christ come in and to dominate and be superior to the chaos in your lives, just tell him, I want to trade the chaos for peace within. Today's your day. Maybe you're at the end of your rope. And you're just wondering, God, what can you do in my life? I'm just about at the point I have no strength to hang on. Listen to what Luke's gospel says in chapter 9. Jesus speaking here, he says, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your way. Take up your cross daily. you got to die out to you is what he's saying and follow me now listen to verse 24 in particular these first few words he says if you try to hang on to your life you will lose it he's saying basically you've got to tell God God, I want more of you and less of me. God, I want to hang on to you. I don't want to hang on, God, to me any longer. I want to hang on to you, God. But if you give up your life for my sake, Jesus says, you will save it. And what, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me, Jesus says, and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. There's no excuses. There's no excuses. Wherever you're sitting in this moment is the opportunity of a lifetime to come running back to God or to run to Him for the first time. And you know what? You may be sitting around some loved ones there or maybe around some friends and, and you're thinking, you know, I, I, you know, I'm around them. You know, I, I don't really want to bow my head. I, I really don't want to pray. We just kind of stumbled across this here and uh, watching this. No, no, no. He says, if you are ashamed of me, and my message, 
the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person. Why don't you do it this way? Let's do it like this. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of, say, me, if it's you, when he returns in his glory. I know that you don't want the Lord to be ashamed of you. You don't want that to happen. So take this moment, maybe with a loved one that's around you, and take them by the hand and say, no excuses. We don't want our marriage crucified. We don't want our lives crucified because of this fleshly life we're living in, living in total chaos. We want to ask God that we don't want our business crucified. We gave our life to it. It's our well-being. We don't want our health crucified. God, I, I, I feel like this, this is going to take me over. Say, right now, I want to take someone's hand. I'm not going to be ashamed. Because how are we going to win? we don't look to the cross if we don't look to Christ first John 5 and 5 says and who can win this battle against the world I can say and who can win this battle against what we're going through only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God so no matter what chaos that you're facing and that you're dealing with in your life in this moment that you're battling you can have peace and purpose in Jesus because you just hang on just hang on with less of you there's more of God and his rule would you bow your heads with me and let's pray together right where you're at don't worry about who's around you. Maybe you want to take a hand of a person that's next to you, but definitely do not be ashamed of the Lord, but embrace this moment because I will tell you as we bow our heads to pray, you are not watching this time and us spending this time together in vain. It was meant for you, my friend. This is not by chance. This is by divine purpose because your destiny is determined by your decision this day. So if you're ready, ready for whatever it takes to get you out of this chaotic state, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray for every person under the, uh, being able to hear and under the sound of my voice, God. We praise and honor you and thank you for the empty tomb that our lives can be full. We thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ, where the chaos cannot abound, but we live in him as he leaves us this gift of peace. Thank you for that, Jesus. I want to pray first and foremost for every person that knows you and their heart, God, that you would pour your love, your presence, your power, Lord, your, your very uh, sustenance of life for each of them, God. I pray you bring them protection. I pray, God, you watch over them and that you favor them, God, and help them in this moment, God. Not to allow the chaos to bring in such pain that overwhelms them. I pray, God, that if the chaos has created such doubt and fear, that it's going to be dominated by the presence of your Holy Spirit and comfort. God, I pray that you would get us all out of this chaotic state that we seem to be living in. And we're trusting you in these moments. 
maybe as you're praying there and you look into your heart, there's chaos in your soul right now. There's a stirring that's going on in your soul and you don't feel at peace. You don't feel like you have purpose. You feel lost and undone and without the presence of God. I'm so glad that you're listening in this moment and you feel the presence of God convicting you. See, without conviction, there can be no Christ coming in your heart because you don't see the need to ask him into your life. So if that's right where you're at, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, this is why that we're together in this moment. See, let me tell you something that can happen, and we're going to pray for you and pray with you, and we're going to ask you to pray for salvation in just a moment. You can have freedom from guilt. You can have total, complete forgiveness. You don't have to worry about the past any longer. You can have a clean, clear conscience no matter what chaos abounds. And you can have a secured hope for the future beginning today. See, that's why Jesus came. He came because we couldn't take care of our sin debt and he died for us. He gave his life's blood without the shedding of blood. It tells us in Hebrews 9 in the Bible, there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. So, to be born again, you come to him and asking him to cleanse you from all filth and unrighteousness and sins and all the wrongs you've ever done. So, if you'll pray right where you're at, I'm going to pray with you, but it's your prayer that reaches heaven's throne room. Would you pray to him and just tell him, Lord, I'm going to open my life to you this day. I don't like how I feel. I don't like the burden. I don't like the guilt. I want to ask you, Lord, to come into my soul today. Just ask him to do that. Tell him, say, Lord, would you accept me as your child? Tell him, say, Lord, I believe in you that you came, you lived, and you died for me, and you rose again to set me free today. So now I want to confess all my sins to you. And I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. I want to make you the Lord of my life. Save me in this moment. My life is yours. Tell him I repent of the things and the things I was doing that was wrong. I'm going to turn the other direction and live for you. Name. Amen. You prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul. I want to challenge you to do something right now. If you've received Christ as your Lord for the very first time, it's very simple. All you have to do is to be able to text SAVE, the word SAVED, to 615-900-2176 and we will follow up with you. We want to help you in your decision with Christ and receiving salvation to Him to understand what just took place with you and we want to help you to be able to do that. Also, maybe you need somebody to talk to. There's a number on the screen right now of a prayer line. All you got to do is make that call and we'll be able to pray with you and to be able to walk you through and be able to encourage you and love you in this moment. I'm so thankful, so thankful 
for what God has done in your life today and the lives of the many who are seeking God in the most chaotic time we've ever lived. But here's what I know. My God is still on the throne. He's still in power. And through Him, we can have the gift of peace. That's why we hang on. And Sunday came, and now we're living it despite what we're going through. I love you. God bless you. And may the rest of this Easter time be so wonderful to you and your family. God bless you. Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, what next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at Freedom Church TN. We love you. Have a blessed week.